Welcome to LDS Down Under. Oh my gosh. What was that? Well, you do not say it. Rodney, why is your wife in the intro right now? You're the one that actually started this. Hey, 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 you guys. You said, oh, why don't you make it's her all the right. manager? I'm here like, to what? add the spice. I'm here as the manager now. Welcome to LDS Down Under. Down Under. Down? Oh, no! <laughs> Welcome to all my people out there. Um, so this is episode number six, and we have a guest, our first guest of the show. What do you think about that, Rodney? I, I'm excited about it. You Why know, are you we, excited, Rodney? Well, we went out, we got an extra microphone. It's it's different from our other ones, so we had to play around with the pot a bit, try to get it to sound right, and and uh, I hope this all comes through quite well. And mm-hmm. obviously, this guest is very close to my heart mm. um you could say she pulls the strings okay um sometimes my kids call her the boss okay what do you call her not the boss oh okay, okay. um but you know she's very influential in my life mm-hmm. she's got me here to where i am today mm-hmm. she's made me a better man a Damn better husband straight. my guy's looking for dinner tonight <laughs> 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 no, um, it's, uh, yeah, very special night. Yeah, no, we're really happy to have this uh, amazing guest with us today. She'll be she'll be introducing herself there now in a bit. Um, the episode today, as you can see, is ca- is called Less Actives. Um, as she speaks today, just know she's not speaking for all other less active people, and she'll explain what less active means and whatnot. She just we got her in because her story is amazing, and she's basically gonna. Yeah, break our hearts, mend them together, get us to see things in a different picture. And do you know what? Let me just, Crystal, please. Gosh, what an intro. Dang it, I wanted you to say Crystal. What an intro. <laughs> I, um, yes, I am the boss. Um, I am also the boss of this podcast. I keep getting told over and over. Thank you, gentlemen. Definitely not. I am the lucky wife to Rodney. And um, so... I, th- I don't think we're allowed to... S- Are we supposed to say less active anymore? Isn't that a different word now? Less active? Yeah. Is inactive and less active two different words? Like two different That's the same meanings? Thing I, would say. I think there's... I, I don't think we're supposed to say it that way. Well, no, I know we're not supposed to say it that way no more. I think it's... A, it's it's <clears throat> People returning back... I don't know, bro. I don't know. The good thing about this is this is our pod. We get to call it whatever we would like. <laughs> we can true. say whatever. If we, we get want. in trouble, we apologize. We don't know the real <laughs> meaning, but you know what we're talking about. Yeah. But um, yeah. So how about mm-hmm. how about I'll, I'll throw something at you straight away. Okay. As as you guys know, listeners, we don't have any predetermined questions. This is all conversation stuff. So as we um, get inspiration, we'll, we'll throw it in that direction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Before you ask that question, I don't know if it's going to be the same question, but. Can we figure out what less actives is first? What does it mean? Mm. Was that going to be your question? No, no, but you ruined it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> your inspiration was to ruin my, my question. your question. No, yeah. So, so ba- um, basically, I I, mm. I was a member. I, I was born a member in, of what? Member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Boom. I was born 
into it. I chose to be baptized when I was eight years old oh. and I kept on um, being an active member until I was around 14 years old. Um, active member as in um, following all the commandments, going to church every Sunday and um, being involved in all the um, extracurricular programs that they've got like uh, young women's and primary and all, all those classes. Seminary? Seminary. I did seminary, which is when you've got to wake up at six in the morning. Gee. Actually, no, you've got to wake up at like 5.30 in the morning, be at seminary at six, and that's before school and you do an hour lesson before you so, head off to school. Wait, so you meet up in the morning with people at church or just... No, you usually go to either a chapel or someone's home and you do an hour lesson before you go to church and you do that every... Monday to Friday. Um, wow. Yeah, you wouldn't have done seminary. Nah, nah, right. nah. Neither it, of us did seminary. Of course, both of you converts. Maybe we, that's we why much, we don't know scriptures. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much why we both think we joined at the right time because we sort of had to bypass by Bypass seminary. It's a good way to join. <laughs> but I'm yeah, not a morning person. Sorry, go on. Um, so being inactive, I guess, it is... Sorry, my dog. Um, being... You brought the dog to the studio again. I did. <laughs> Someone's got to protect us. The fans are out there yeah. going crazy. Yeah, this is true. Someone, um, uh, yeah, so being less active means that I stopped going to church for a little bit. Okay, so you stopped going to church. Uh, sorry, you said the age. What age was it? I stopped when I was 14 and I didn't go back till I was 30. 30. Okay, so in that time you were less active as in not attending church not following any commandments not doing not doing whatever. a thing yeah just i just let it all go and um was more what they say worldly okay yeah okay. so what we're going to talk about then is that space that space when you mm. were gone why you left mm. um you know how did you feel while you were gone and why did you come back and why did you accept it back? And was it hard accepting it back? I don't know. Is that fair to say? Is it like, what do you think? So wait, Can, just say your question, okay? He's looking <laughs> at me right now, mad that he didn't get to ask his question. Ask your question, Rodney. I'm not mad. <laughs> I never get mad. But now that I've had the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you feel about us starting the pod? Yeah, ex really excited for you. <laughs> the whole pod in general. Yeah. Or this one. No, yeah, no. I, um, I've He's trying to get you. something out of you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw you struggling for quite some time about um, wanting to do it, but not really um, having, I don't want to say courage. <laughs> say what Whoa. you feel. We say what <laughs> we feel. Listen, we say what we feel in this pod. <laughs> If you feel like he needed courage, you say it. Basically, he you. needed Brian. <laughs> Brian's the courage. You're hundred percent right. Like, um, you know, we say what we feel in mm -hmm, this pod. Mm -hmm. Rodney, and, but if you want an invite, back, <laughs> I'm boss. I'm boss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I, I did feel um, this was exactly um, something that. Um, was inspired by our Heavenly Father mm -hmm. and something that was going to be able to push Rodney to do um, some really good works. He has been chasing for years to find something that um, allowed him to be of service mm. 
um, uh, more than what he does, mm-hmm. which he does. Because he does a lot. He does a lot. He does yeah. a lot. Um, but he, he's been wanting to do more. He's been wanting to chase work that's more service-focused and mm-hmm. he's been wanting to chase um, opportunities all the time. He's looking for opportunities yeah. where he can yeah. give. And so this is something that we can also fit around our family as well because mm-hmm. service, or as you both know, is love and mm-hmm. also is time. And yeah. Yeah. we're all so time poor. So podcasting, this is, this is a way for him to be able to... Um, say his piece and also on top of that he's um, I feel I'm biased but he's a bit of a natural leader Mm -hmm. so being able to um, share his insights and stories is something that I've I think a lot of people would appreciate Mm -hmm. that's nice that's nice I like that and they're true true stuff don't, don't so. interrupt him, mate. Let her keep <laughs> and I, I was thinking I should have my wife on <laughs> here next. <laughs> moving on to Brian. Uh, uh, after you dropped her under the bus the other day on this pod, I don't Listen, think you get the same first thing. of all... Hey, have I heard that? What I didn't drop my wife under the bus. Uh, this was episode two. And <laughs> she loved my episode. And she knows the person that I am and how loving and kind that I am to everyone. <laughs> Including those that are no longer in my life and those who... Listen, this is about Crystal. Okay, Crystal, so talk to us. Um, you said you you stopped being a member. I did. Okay, so starting off, what... Why did you... First, why did you start being a member? Why did I start? Yeah, why did you want to get baptized to be a member? Uh, I wanted to be baptized because I wanted our, f- it was a uniter in our family. Church mm-hmm. has always been a quite a unifier. And so um, there was my mum, my stepdad, two, older brother, older sister, and I have a little brother. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up in the church, because family is front and center and, and it's the hinge point on all the decisions the church makes, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to even at the age of eight, I knew that it was a unifier for my family. And me being baptised was a way for um, our family to be together forever, eternity. I like that. Mm. And when did you see it start to move away? Like your testimony to say, when yeah. did you see yourself pushing away? Well, um, we went through... Mum went through a divorce uh, with my stepdad and that was um, quite a turbulent time for my family. I've always been really quite resilient about um, experiences that ups and downs and stuff that go through in my life and I've um, I've never been like a victim on anything but I can see now that that probably played a part in it not not having um, my you know a my family members in um, close anymore. My my older brother was out of the house. My older sister wasn't living with us, and it was just my mum and my little brother and I. So I don't know. I I think I there was a moment where I was going to seminary and going to church and doing all the things um, that I was required of me at that age by my mum. But my heart wasn't in it anymore. And I remember a boy stuck a cigarette in my mouth once and said, take a puff. And I was 
embarrassed and and like quite new to the school as well and he was one of the cool boys and I just I, I sort of inhaled and then coughed and then I thought to myself oh my gosh I'm I've just smoked that's that's everything against my my own personal rules I it was a big deal for me just that mm-hmm. one little puff made me feel like I was in big big trouble eternally for for what I had done and then things progressed not too soon after that where I started smoking weed and started drinking and I, I smoked a lot of weed and I drank a lot even from quite a young age so okay. I stopped going from there and I didn't have any friendship support in church okay I um I've never had problems making friends but I didn't have anyone in my age in my ward I think it's hard though as well when you look at <clears throat> When, when people of that sort of age are struggling and then you turn to people of the same age, the maturity is difficult to be there to, mm. to help that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at that age, and I think that's probably the thing I picked up there was the age you left and the age your mum went through the divorce and those sort of things, it's, it's a real tough age. And the combination of the two things, I think, like you said, sort of you stopped um, enjoying it and all of a sudden, a little temptations were coming in and as we know temptations bit by bit by bit become mm. bigger and bigger and bigger and um you know next thing you know you're doing things like you said that you knew were wrong mm. but kept going down that path because you don't have that stable ground anymore yeah yeah it makes it difficult so you were in that you were in that movement you were going along with everything um how was it then day to day? Did you get to a point where you were numb to everything to do with God and the church? Or were you still praying? Were you still kind of... Sorry. Sorry, the dog's fighting himself. Did, so you, did you still have a, um, a connection with your Heavenly Father? Or do you feel like that was like cut off and then you were in your own world? Uh, I definitely numbed it. I numbed it out. Um... It's funny because once you've got a testimony of God, and I re- and I, I've always had a testimony of my heavenly Father. I, when I was about to be baptized, Mum said, um, "I want you to choose for yourself whether you want to be baptized, and and then we'll set the date and we'll go. But you have to pray about it, and you have to think about it for yourself. Um, so, go away." say some prayers and and have some time of contemplation for yourself and um so um yeah i remember very vividly um even as a as an eight-year-old being by my bed and and asking heavenly father is this church true and being overcome by the spirit and the warmth and the comfort and that feeling and i wanted to know okay well that is what yes feels like from the spirit from my holy ghost what is what does the no feel like and so i was like and heavenly father is this church not true and then i remember kind of coiling on the floor a bit it it, i felt cold i felt empty and isolated it was it was um the holy ghost left me immediately after asking that question I was like oh, okay cool 
And I was very like, okay, well, that's what that feels like. I don't even think I ever told anybody. But um, that was that was pivotal for me. It was beautiful. And I don't... It's funny. When you want to forget things, you forget things. Mm-hmm. You can shut things out pretty easy. Okay. You always end up coming full circle eventually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then... Fast forward a little bit. When do you meet Rodney? Oh, so Rodney and I met Rodney when I was sixteen. I I moved out of home when I was fifteen, wow. and I I had a full time job. My mum's rule was I could only move a suburb away no more um, because mum and I have always been best friends. So wait, when you say you moved away at fifteen, what do you mean? I was just too independent. I had a full time job and moved out of home. Yeah, moved out of home. Like, who did you live with? I moved in with a, uh, a girl that I'd never had met before and I was moving, as I was carrying my boxes into the house, it was, hi, I'm Crystal. And she says, hi, I'm Gemma. So it's normal. That's my that's like my little sister leaving the house right now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I moved out when I was 16. What are you guys doing? It, it's not normal in, it's not normal, but it is also. It's not normal anymore. But back, you know, you're talking almost 20 years ago um we we were very independent back then wow mm. you know Jeez. people you know you knew how to do your washing you knew how to cook you know how to do everything that's why your parents brought you up nowadays the average person leaving home is in their mid-20s 30s i'd say yeah and what all my friends we were all out before 18. yeah mm. yeah so okay fast forward and you moved out you met crystal uh i mean you met rodney mm-hmm. and well i so i met him when i was 16 i was um are we going to tell the story no i know let's not go, go on you can tell it. i don't mind you can tell me <laughs> can i tell it my way or should it? <laughs> well they want to hear the truth don't they okay let's tell it my way so <laughs> um rodney and i were good friends when i was 16 and then I am, he started to go down a path that um, was getting a bit dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... Brian, when she was 16, <laughs> I was 17. And I was head over heels for her. <laughs> Are she, you the one that gave her the smoke? She was hot. <laughs> she was fun. She was cool. She was. She, huh? When she was 16, you know, and um, I remember all my mates wanted, like when I introduced her to my mates, they were all like, they were all jealous. Mm-hmm. And I did my best, Brian. I did my best. <laughs> Just wasn't enough. No. Anyway, enough. after, after um, hanging out with him, we were, we were just mostly friends. Um, you always well, we kissed a few times. Yeah. Anyway, and Easy then um, and then I moved to Bustleton and then Kalgoorlie and Margaret River. I went backpacking around New Zealand. I came back. Um, I interviewed for a job and his mum interviewed me. This is eight years later. And it was my mum who actually introduced us the first time. Mm. She's mm. She's been also a Shout bit of a... Shout out to mum. Yeah. yeah. Shout the out to the puppet master. master. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It's what we call her. Yeah. Sorry, Janet, we love you. <laughs> anyway, so we, um, his mum called him and said, guess who I just interviewed? She's your favourite. And Rodney, without thinking, said Crystal, even though it was eight years. So I really liked that. So eight years you hadn't seen each other. 
outspoken or anything. And then she comes in looking for a job, and it's Crystal. Yep. Wow, wow, you are. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, is, that is actually some movie kind of stuff right there. <laughs> it is. Here's, here's the interesting part. Um, my now mother-in-law, she said there's a job interview going up in Broome. That's where Rodney was at the time. So she's like, Rodney will go and look after you and blah, blah, blah. Go up to Broome and um, go for this job interview. It wasn't actually a job. She tricked me in going up for this interview. The job never existed. I... What? She was just coming up to you? Yeah. Legend. <laughs> and, then, um, and then another time she gave me tickets to this cricket speed date thing because she's my boss at this time yeah i, yeah. I got the job mm-hmm. and uh she gave me f- some free tickets to a cricket speed dating and guess who was at the cricket <laughs> me and all my mates <laughs> she gave us all tickets so at that time mm. going back to back to the story at that time you hadn't told him or they didn't know of a connection with you with god like no. with the church no in fact we didn't really have any talk about religion or church or anything so you didn't know where he stood no i knew he wasn't interested in in church or I, I knew that he grew up um um what was that ambient no um what what church do you go to oh my nana and that used to go to salvation army salvation right mm-hmm. and yeah so i knew that you had that affiliation when you were younger but had no interest in it and mm-hmm. um i had no interest in going back to church either i so I never really spoke to him about it. Um, the only thing that I did say was after he proposed, I said, we can only um, get married if you promise me that our children will have a knowledge of God um, in the church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So why your children and not you? Because I wanted them to have a choice. Yeah, good question. No, because on in South Africa when I was there, a lot of the mamas always wanted their children to not drink, to not do these things, to, to, to go to church and to put God first. But then I was like, Mom, how about, how about you? Mm-hmm. And it's it's that thing of you, they need someone to look up to. So you wanted your children to be part of the church. Or, sorry, to have a choice. Have the choice. So is that what you said to Rodney or was it? Yes. Okay. And I said that that is a... I don't. I didn't have any other deal breakers. Yeah. That was the only deal breaker that he would allow the children to be taught the gospel. Okay. And that. And I didn't think of it um, like a big deal mm-hmm. either at the time. Um, but uh, thinking about it now makes me go, "Gee, obviously I had such a um, a strong, a strong <laughs> testimony yeah, still absolutely. for me to still feel that way um, as far as ch- my children were concerned." Okay, mm. that's, 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 that's such a power, uh, powerful thing to, to look at. And what was your response? Do you remember? Um, to her question when we got engaged. You went, you no, went too, silent for a while. Oh, yeah, I wasn't too keen on it, to be honest. I sort of, but I was happy that she said yeah, they have a choice. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to do the whole, you know, they must grow up in the church sort of thing. Yeah. Um, she said they were sort of just as long as they had a choice. I was, I was pretty happy about that. Okay. okay. Um, when um after that cricket night where we all met up at the cricket Mm -hmm. that was the first time me and chris got together and um i was flying home to Broome the next day Mm -hmm. and um i invited her to a family lunch we were having at your house uh it was actually at a restaurant 
And so, um, sorry, what I meant was your family. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. every time I came down, I'd I'd have like a lunch to say goodbye to everyone, mm-hmm. and um, I invited her and she came along. And um, after that lunch, I went back to Broome, and um, I went straight up to my boss and went, "Sorry, mate, I've got to leave." Like, what do you mean you got to leave? Where are you going? I said, "Oh, I got to go see about a girl." I'm and uh, yeah, I ended up basically resigning and came back to Perth so we could start dating. Oh, that's so and interesting then... you say that because that mm. night after um, catching up with your family at that dinner, you told a story that was so, so funny. Um, your mum and I were falling on the floor laughing. It was hilarious. And then um, I went to bed and I was tucking myself in and as I was about to fall asleep, I giggled and was like <laughs> just thinking about the story. And um, and so I giggle and then I went, oh my gosh, I think I love him. And I had you had full, I had fallen in love with you pretty quickly because you because mm. of your wit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, beautiful. Anyway, sorry, got all you young people out there. Love still lives <laughs> in the air. Um, so okay, where are we now? We're at. <clears throat> we're married. Married. We're married. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to just mention before uh, yeah, we yeah. sort of go back into the history a little bit. Um, tell us about your poppy. My poppy, my poppy, and my nana, both. Um, poppy to anyone listening anywhere else besides Australia is granddad. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I guess right. <laughs> yeah, Continue. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they call him Poppy. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, nan and pop, they um, were converts. And to the church also, but um, my poppy was one of the first uh, bishops in Perth, um, Western Australia, um, and helped build his uh, build up the gospel in in Western Australia. So he's wow. he's still mm. alive today. Shout out to my poppy. We're gonna right. get him in here to talk about that start of building the church. That's eh? right. That's yeah. right. So oh. he was part of that. Yeah. Did you not feel pressure? No. Because I didn't really see them much. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I he told me this story once. Um, can I tangent? Is is that okay? Yeah. Go, go, go. Can you watch? Uh, go on a different tangent. Of course you can. Though. Okay. Okay. So Do Poppy was talking about when tangent. he was uh, in this new ward that had started in um, Guildford, and um, there were some complaints from Subiaco, the neighbor. Subiaco, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah, Subiaco. Oh, so- and then um, there were some complaints that came in from the neighbourhood about this new church that had popped up and there were lots of concerns about it. And, and as Poppy was up on the um, stage part, mm-hmm. um, he was looking down and he saw these two men would always come and be part of the congregation. And uh, then just before it was about to finish, they would nick off. And um, he always wanted to find out who they were, if they would like to be a part of, of the ward and, and wanted to touch base with them. And so he, uh, just before the closing prayer was about to happen, he, he popped up and he ran around to the exit and he, and he stopped them. And he's like, hey, how are you guys doing? And, and the guys looked a little bit uncomfortable and they were like, oh, hi, we were, we were just here just, um, just seeing what your church was all about. And Poppy's like, oh, Oh, okay. Well, are you guys members? Is this something that you're interested in? Look, we'll be honest with you. We're actually police officers that were um, sent to make sure that this was 
okay because we've been getting some complaints around about a new church and we didn't we just needed to know what this church was about and um, Poppy says oh well what do you think then and they said well tell you what if uh, more people believed in what you believe I'll be out of a job so that was kind of cool that's amazing that's such an amazing story crazy isn't it so people have snitched on the church. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure every oh, single oh. time a new ward pops up, there's concerns. It's the yeah. same same thing we spoke about in the other episode of Who Are Mormons. Yeah. Is in the early days of the church, people didn't know too much about it, got fearful of it. No, let's be honest. Thing. It still happens today. It does. People have no clue. And mm. it's difficult to find um, people's opinion on it that isn't tainted or tarnished because there is fear of the unknown always well if you think about um the church itself what can you find out about the church everything that google says about it yeah, which generally yeah, is always yeah. a negative thing first mm-hmm, unfortunately mm-hmm. um there was the show that mocked mormons there was all these different things you know mm-hmm. and unfortunately like you know that it makes it hard for people yeah. to actually find out correct information yeah which is another thing why we wanted to do the pod yeah yeah true you know we can okay. show people that, yeah yeah you know? where it is hmm. so you are married now yep okay oh we are uh, moved to bunbury mm-hmm. we moved to bunbury we um we're married we um we so you guys go about your day no praying, none of that stuff. Oh, you no. Both Nothing. Are not, Look, yeah, I, completely ours. I had a lot of hard roads between between the ages of, you know, 14 and, and 30. You can imagine how many potholes I, I did sink into, as, as everybody does. Yeah. Journey of life. Um, and there was um, any time that I really, really got in a bad way, I'd, I would pray. I you would, would pray? Yeah. And if not pray, I would sing to myself um a child's prayer which is a church song that i learned in primary okay um and it's like heavenly father are you really there and do you answer every child's prayer yeah it's it's and every time i hear it i get teary Mm. so i hear my children sing it and i'm a bawling mess because that is my go-to song when i'm needing love and Mm -hmm. comfort Mm -hmm. that's beautiful yeah so Let's talk about when the missionaries first came. Yeah. But everything from your side. <laughs> okay. So we heard, we heard the way that R- Rodney felt about the elders rocking up. Mm-hmm. My side was, as I, I've got, I always tell people, I feel like Rodney was converted within the first sentence that the missionaries ever said to him. It was just this feeling I got. I was in the kitchen, drinking my wine, cooking my dinner, and... Uh, after Rodney had said, so tell me a little bit about this church. And they had said, boom, that sentence. Um, I just something, my heart literally went boom and I could feel it pounding in my chest. And um, yeah, it was it was intense. And I was like, what is going on? I started freaking out big time. I also was really excited about it. It's hard because the... I kept on flipping between excited and nerves, mm-hmm. excited and nerves. Um, after we um, were caught that fish and 
from the first podcast that you heard about. And then we went to um, the state conference. I was sitting there. Now, Rodney used to have quite bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was paranoid that he was going to have like a panic attack um, because a lot of his anxiety was to do with his eyesight as well, I think. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. And then um, having to stare at a pulpit or stare at a screen long distance, I was worried it was going to trigger his his anxiety. And I didn't want him to have a, a terrible experience on his first time in church. Mm-hmm. And I was just stroking his back and I was really, really focused on Rodney and how he's feeling about it and making sure that he will um, be able to concentrate and listen, not feel overwhelmed and not feel any anxiety whatsoever. But this was your first time back at church. I slept in church probably about about four times. In that space? In those 15, 16 years. I wanted to ask the members, the missionaries, did they all contact you in that space? Because a lot of uh, people who... Yeah, a lot. And how did you feel about that? Because many people sometimes don't really feel good about it. Many people, that's their testimony that someone reached out to them and they came back. But from your experience, how Mm. did you feel? Every single time the missionaries came to my door, I was... Or walked past uh, on the street or something. I'd honk my horn, give them a wave. Um, I always want, and you know, they'll come to my door and I'll give them orange juice and, and I'd say to them, you know, used to be a member, not anymore. Won't be able to get me back. Not interested, but you're always welcome. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the members, how did you feel about the members? The members, um, well, still, I had some family members that you know, that were still active. Um, did they try to push you back? No, no one ever did. No one, no one. I mean, you know, your mum and stepdad. Mm-hmm. And it was so, a period of time where... My dad. Even yeah, they. My stepmom. Even your mum and your stepdad were less active as well. Yeah, I remember the missionaries came to the door and uh, me being me, I let them in and my mum and my stepdad at the time, my mum and stepdad, they um, were not that keen <laughs> to have them in. Mm-hmm. But um, because they were going through such difficult time themselves, and then um, that I w- kept welcoming them, um, the elders back. I told them I've got no interest in coming back, but uh, but I was excited that those elders brought my mum and my stepdad back, okay. and uh, they're very strong in the gospel, and they're such a beautiful, wonderful example to me. So, if when you're in that space, what do you think? is best to do when you're less when you're less active and you're not interested in all at all when you are there do you think that it's good for people to reach out or do you think people should be left on their on their own um i think it's different for everyone because you, <laughs> you don't want to ever um i'm i'm one of those people that feel really funny about speaking about church to anybody um, because I don't ever want them to feel imposed upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not allowed to do that as mem- as members of the church either. We're not allowed to in- be impose our our religion on anybody. Religion ha- is a tough topic, eh? It is, and it, and it puts people's guards up. And it can ruin friendships. And mm. But in saying that, we are also a missionary gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got to try and find that balance. Like I've... I would love my brothers and sisters to come back to church. Um, and if I ever 
say anything, it's really, really scary for me. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't. I, I, you know, the any time that the um elders rock around to like my older brother's house, they keep on going around there, and I'm like, it's not me. I promise. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I never want them to feel victimized or yeah, um, imposed upon by by me. Same with my friends. Yeah. I want, I want to um. <clears throat> Sorry. I want to go back to that time when the missionaries first came. Sorry. Yes. Okay. I want to go through your experience of that time. Okay. So people can understand what it was like to go through. We all know how it happened. For me, it was easy. I didn't really have any preconceptions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was a pretty mm-hmm. easy conversion is what you'd probably put it. Telling me, gosh, you were so easily converted that it freaked me out. Only three months before you were converted into the gospel of Jesus Christ, you were sitting around having Christmas lunch with your family and um, there was a big conversation hosted by yourself um, about how all religions are BS and they're all just man-made and this, that. It went on and on, and it was really, really uncomfortable for me, um, which, again, is another sign of how I felt about my relationship with Heavenly Father. I, I was still would never um, denounce, and I still would never um, back away from the truths that I knew, but I didn't really tell people about them either, which is can be can be the same thing too at times anyway so we uh this conversation went on for a while on christmas christmas day about religions are all crap and this that and the other and um i at one stage i had to stop him and i said okay that's enough that's enough now and um um finally he picked up how uncomfortable i felt about it all which he probably didn't understand why I would feel so uncomfortable about that kind of topic when it's something I never really spoke about with mm-hmm. him anyway. So come the missionaries, um, they convert Rodney during that process. I was very focused on Rodney and, and helping him ease back in and excited about his journey and what it would mean for him. But there was a moment um, where his, and I was kind of sinking myself all into Rodney's excitement and uh, I knew what it all meant but I didn't take too much time about thinking how this would impact me when um, when I was driving home I was speaking with my stepmom and who has always been a rock for me and um, I pulled over the side of the road and I was bawling my eyes out she lives in America so she was probably speaking to me at some horrible hour (laughs) but yeah she she said you need to realize that it's happening and you and you you need to support your family and and I said but I don't want to I don't want to come back I there's too there's too much um things that I've done in my life that um I I'm not ready and I'm just crying and she's like um everything will be okay you are ready crystal it is time you've been away for too long it is time and uh it just made me cry and cry and cry because I knew she was as always speaking the truth but I didn't want to hear it at that 
time when you're having that conversation and those emotions are running through you did you feel like Jesus Christ would forgive you no not really I think I um so yeah I I felt very fearful and we all know that's totally Satan's tool that but I was I was quite justifiably fearful because of the things I I had done while outside of the gospel as well as knowing and having a testimony of my heavenly father I mean there's one thing about doing something that you know is wrong really really wrong but doing it multiple times over and then on top of that also knowing that you've got a testimony and you've turned away from it I mean that's a lot to feel like you've got um, a mountain that you can't ever climb to the top of and I always felt that way um, during this process that I was climbing a, I was climbing a mountain I was ill-equipped I was unprepared I didn't want to keep going up and there was no end in sight and I just felt like it was just too hard everything was just too hard and um, I used to I started crying a lot <laughs> again I was still focused on Rodney and ensuring he had excitement about his process and journey I did not want to dampen his enthusiasm in any way or his conversion in any way and um, I'd sneak out of bed when he was asleep because he falls he falls asleep within seconds it's quite annoying um, but I would sneak out of bed and and I'd start crying and praying and crying and crying one night I, I was crying and I became like an adolescent child and I was like shaking my fists and you know doing the ugly cry saying I don't want to I, I don't I'm not ready you can't make me I don't want to and I was bawling my eyes out and um, just at that time I, I got um, three um, messages now it was um it was three three o'clock in the morning and um, one of the messages was uh, from my little brother and he was serving a mission at the time and he his message was along the lines of um, fear not don't be fearful um, and he sent me some um, some love and some scripture like Matthew about fear not and then I got another one um, from, um, I call him Chucky, Brooke Desmond, and um, it was the exact same message, fear not, um, the, the Lord's got you, you're okay, <coughs> sorry, um, you're, you're okay, and, um, and then I got another one, and, um, and it's the same message, you know, fear not. Um, had you like put this on Facebook or something and they were responding or yeah so um, from I think two of them I had messaged them before um, but yeah it was just interesting that all, all that my brother who was serving missions so you know you don't 
wasn't able to really contact him. He was serving over in California. And then Chucky, and then this, uh, I, I forget if it was Matt or Ben Hoff, or I'm sorry, I forget who it was. Um, yeah, they, this other, so these guys, I apart from my little brother, um, I hadn't spoken to for uh, over well over 15 years. Um, and for them to, all three, at that moment, send me, that message um, when I really, really, really needed it. And it, and it just made me just feel um, so much love. It didn't take the fear away, but it just made me feel like Heavenly Father knew me um, and he's got my ticket and he's, he's, he's looking after me. So I finally fell asleep. And then at six in the morning, um, Stephen Park, um, he knocked up on my door and um, he had a Book of Mormon in his hand that he had highlighted all these scriptures and and he was bawling his eyes out and he was sharing his testimony with me. This was at six in the morning on his way to work and he obviously was prompted at that three o'clock in the morning mark to um, get in contact with me and share that fear not message. Um, for him to knock on my door at six in the morning but um, yeah he must have rolled over gone back to sleep and think oh, I'll, I'll do it on my way to work but um, I looked a mess he probably was looking at me like what is that problem <laughs> like, my hair was everywhere I had only just fallen asleep and and I didn't really say much when he opened the door and and was very heartfelt in sharing his testimony with me but I just closed the door and I just started crying again. I got the uh, courage to go into Bishop's office and and I laid out all, all the things that I had done. And um, Bishop's face, when he was hearing, um, wasn't of disgust, wasn't of um, anything but pure, pure love. And... Um, you know, and also um, kindness. And I wasn't able to come back to church straight away. I had to work for it. Um, and so sorry, you mm. told Bishop everything you had done in that from when you were young to where you are now. Well, well the but things the like, things that I knew that would prevent me from becoming a member okay. of the church again. Okay. And there were a few few boxes that. Um, if you do, you, you don't, you know, you've got, <laughs> yeah, if, that I, I was concerned about anyway. <laughs> so there were a few few things that I had done that I was like, oh, I, I don't think this is ever forgivable mm-hmm. um, by, by he- my Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And, but I, um, yeah, two, after two weeks later, I, I got a message saying you, you're officially back on, on the books as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint, you're back as a full full member again, and mm-hmm. um, and we welcome you and we love you and we're so excited and grateful that you that you're um, you and Rodney you're a part of us of our flock again. <laughs> you're going to be a great great yeah. family. Yeah, it was. And that that <clears throat> process itself isn't about you know the church; it's about Jesus. Yeah. 
and about Yourself confessing your... our sins. And Brian and me have spoken about um, other times we're talking about the repentance process. Mm. And that repentance process, one of the things I've learnt and, and we've been talking about quite a bit is when we repent of our sins to be very specific about what we're repenting about. Yeah. Because that makes everything so much more powerful when we're talking about those individual acts instead of, you know, I repent of my sins as like a group thing. Yeah. Because then we're not really admitting what we're repenting about. Mm-hmm. We're just admitting that we have sinned. Well, um, I find it I find it interesting that, you know, when when we are repenting of our sins, we're not we're not doing it to a priest or to a person in particular we our, our sins as long as they are not you know of murder or something like that we it's a private matter between you your heavenly father and jesus christ i love that, mm. I love um, that yeah so in, in saying that what would you say to others who i don't want to just say for our church but for everyone who mm. has left their denomination what would you say to them fear not yeah when they're in that moment of probably wanting to go back of whatever church they belong to yeah that fear Mm -hmm. is just taking over what i would like to say is i felt like i was climbing that mountain that i mentioned and um that i was very ill-equipped the truth is that satan making you feel like there's fog around you making you feel like you're lonely and you're isolated you are not you have all the tools that you need. And it isn't a matter of climbing a mountain. Um, finding your truth and your your God is as easy as saying a prayer and taking one step forward. Mm-hmm. When you say fear not, sorry, what mm. do you mean? Um, there's a scripture in Matthew. It's something like Matthew 1924. I probably am wrong. I'll we'll put it in the uh, podcast notes <laughs> um, no we won't <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it is about fear not because the Lord has your hand and he, he's basically Heavenly Father's got you back He's he knows you and he knows your name and there is power in that wow. Oosh. that's beautiful I love that part about you are mine you know, that scripture that talks about, you know, that you are mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so, so powerful. That's what you'd say to someone that's struggling, right? Well, it's important for them to realize that Satan's tool is fear. Heavenly Father is comfort. So if you want to get out of that cycle of fear, one step is all it takes. Say your prayers. And uh, Heavenly Father has a barrage of angels and ancestors um, on the other side of the veil looking after you and looking out for you and he's waiting for you and he's um, he 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 sees you there's amazing aspects of crystal's story when you you look at it from the different sections right Mm -hmm. so i feel it's like that story of the man on the roof that prays for help and he gets sent all that help and doesn't recognize it, but Crystal did. So you think about the start. How many people over the years prayed for Crystal to come back to church? And Heavenly Father 
we call my mum the puppet master earlier, <laughs> where you think about how much Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ do that as well, mm-hmm. where, you know, first things first, okay, how am I going to get Crystal back? She's not doing it of her own free will. Okay, what if I target Rodney? What if I can convince Rodney to join the church? Then he'll bring Crystal back, right? So, in in cool. truth, so, I feel like nothing else would have ever brought me back other than being forced. <laughs> and I feel like I was kind of kind of forced in a way to really to really wake up and yeah, yeah. bring my family together. So, so the missionaries come knocking on the door. They start teaching me. They start praying for our family. Crystal starts having emotional experiences. And also and just before then, my mum and my stepdad come back. So I've got now their support in wanting Rodney to join and wanting me to join and things are... Yeah, it, it's. I had a barrage of of things line up for me to mm-hmm. become a member to to bring my children into a solid religious family centered home. Then you look at the experience she had when she was sort of fighting with God and Jesus about coming back, yeah. and members who she hasn't seen for fifteen years reach out to her. With the same scripture, you know, and so Heavenly Father, so Jesus Christ is just going, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to keep throwing everything at you, and I'm going to continue to try my best to get you back, you know. So that happens. She goes to Bishop. Bishop then goes away from that meeting, and what does he do about it? He starts praying about it. He starts seeking revelation about how Crystal's going and whether, you know, she's ready to come back and what has she done and are those things, you know, is she at the right point? Is she repenting? Is she repentful? You know, is it sincere? Is repentful you know? a word? Repentful. I'd love for you yeah. to call him out here. <laughs> Absolutely. Because he's been calling me out on a few <laughs> So, you know, there's that whole process of all those things. You know, we learnt a few years later when we were talking to the missionaries when I was baptised about the fish we caught, that they went home the night that they invited us to church and they prayed about us catching a big fish. And then boom, next thing you know, that morning, we catch a fish first cast within 10 seconds. There's those, those little aspects of that whole process of myself joining the church and Crystal coming back where you see Heavenly Father's influence and Jesus Christ's influence in that whole process and how they were guiding and directing us without us even knowing. Mm. But now, years later, we can start to see those things and when they were occurring. And all those little things just fitted in place. I saw Chucky. Pre- sorry, I saw Chucky in um, Brooke Desmond in the temple, um, and I was like, "You!" And he's like, "What is it?" And I was like, "You! It's your fault. I'm here." And he laughed, and we cuddled, and I was like, "Thank you so so much for um, for waking up and for sending that message just at that pivotal time in my life." Um, I needed you and you came through for me. And he says, I'll never forget that. I'll never yeah. forget um, that prompting that I had to have to send you that message when I needed and what to send. And and uh, he, we just giggled and we gave each other a cuddle. And it's um, a moment that we'll always share. Heavenly Father, it's funny. We don't see the miracles that happen day to day. And you just saying it like that, it's like, all the all those years went by and now you see 
where he put his hand everywhere you went as mm. a couple mm-hmm. and, That's right. s- and separate too and yeah listen guys it's been a beautiful beautiful one any final anything you want to say to close off um i am boss oh, <laughs> anyway uh, you can see that we've gone over the time that we usually um have but it was a beautiful one. Oh, thank um, you very much for having me on. It's it was powerful. It was very powerful. Uh, don't take my word. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, we love you guys and thank you so much for listening to us and listening to the beautiful story from Crystal and anyone out there who's obviously, you know, who obviously has the same story as Crystal. Please uh, reach out. Yeah, just yeah. as she said, don't be fearful. Do what you got to do. Um, your Heavenly Father does want you back and he does love you. And we love you too, whoever you are, uh, all our five followers. Nah. And, and uh, share your message with us. We'd yeah. love to hear yeah. it. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get you on the pod one day. Who yeah. knows? Reach out, reach out. Mm. But as we always say, yeah. we never usually always say something. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what are we? No Thank you to, uh, for listening to LDS Down Under. LDS no, no, no. Down no, not stopping. Under. <laughs>